All right. We're going to talk today about the greatest warrior. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to read scripture together. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, Actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message just this one. Father, I thank you so much that we can stand on the foundation of your word. I thank you, Lord, that while we may hear other messages, Lord, yours is the one that is pure and true. I ask, Lord, as we stand on it and we hear from you today, God, Lord, that you would change our hearts and our lives for eternity. We love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Any moviegoers in the house? Yeah, any moviegoers? Yeah, I, uh, I, like, uh, I like going to the movies. I've, I've liked going to the movies uh, ever since I was able to drive. Uh, in fact, when I worked at Hickory Hollow Mall, uh, there was a Chick-fil-A in the mall there. Uh, Hickory Hollow Mall is no longer a mall, but it was a mall. And, uh, and I, used to, I used to work there, and on Friday, Saturdays, we would go right over across the street to, uh, to the movies, and we would, we would go there often and, and see the, the newest thing. Uh, now, movies were five bucks then, outside of the outrageous prices that it is now. I still love going. Uh, interesting, you'll sacrifice for the things that you really want to do, all right? Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I love going to the movies. I love watching film. I love getting uh, a big bucket of popcorn and a big drink and sitting there and, and, watching, uh, and watching, watching movies. Movies have the uh, 
some ability to really um, take you to different places in your mind, in your emotions, in your feelings. I, I remember going to a, a Carmike theater. That was the, 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 car, the Carmike was the the uh, company that was running the theater uh, when we went there. And I remember going and my experience was limited to Carmichael because that was the, that was the theater that I, that I went to. And it was great. Got popcorn, got a drink, big screens, uh, cushy chairs, all of the, all the above. And it was wonderful. Then somebody introduced me to Regal. And when I walked into Regal, man, that was the amusement park of movie theaters. Big lights, bigger screens, bigger popcorn, a small as a 32 ounce drink. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it had it all together. After going to Regal Theater, I went back to Carmichael and all of a sudden, when I walked into Carmichael, things didn't look as good as they did once before. I started to notice that, you know, the popcorn costs the same, but man, it's kind of stale and it's kind of in a smaller bag. And, and man, these chairs aren't as comfortable as the ones in Regal. The screen is this big, tiny, you know. Uh, my perspective changed because I saw something bigger. Nowadays, they have reclining chairs. You can actually put your feet up, right? Uh, you can actually go to a theater and they've got people that will come by and serve you dinner and lunch, like burgers and pizzas and all of this stuff. It's crazy. And all of this to create this experience. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that we will compare the things that we once had to things that are better and we will then look at the things that we once had as not good enough? It's interesting that we will, we will look, things, look at things and as things look to, to continue to progress and get bigger and larger, we, we automatically assume that that's, that's absolutely better. I don't know that that's always the case. I don't know that always bigger and grander is always, is always better. Today we're going to talk a, a little bit about that. Movies have, uh, have the ability to really take you to a place where when you're sitting there, uh, it really kind of in a way will relinquish you from the reality with which you're living. Uh, it's, a, it's a suspension. It's a, it's, a, it's a pause on real life. And you start to engage into the characters of, of the movies that you're, you're watching. Now, I don't mean to cause any type of church split, but I'm a team Marvel. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so for the DC fans, there's something for you a little bit later. Um, you might not like it, but uh, I, uh, I, I do like Marvel. And, uh, and you know, when, when, we're in, when we're in movies, when we're looking at movies and, and watching them, especially if it's a good one, uh, the movie can have uh, the capability of taking you to a place where maybe you're watching a romantic film. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, man, I wish that I was pursued in that way. Or I wish that I was involved in a love story that way. Or, or maybe you're watching a heroic film and you wish, man, I wish I was that, that heroic or brave or had that much courage. Or maybe you're watching something where there's a family dynamic that you're not accustomed to, that you wish that you had. And, and it just takes our minds and our emotions and feelings to places uh, that, are, that aren't really, that aren't really uh, relevant or real to where we are. And so we, we build connections with characters. Good actors and actresses are able to, to do these things uh, uh, in us and, 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 and evoke these types of emotions and, and, and pull us in. And, uh, and, all of these, and, and all of these movies uh, in these situations, the, the, the thing is, is that sometimes we get so engrossed into it that we want to become like the characters. You know, um, 
Sometimes the characters, we, 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 we connect with them or relate to them so much that they actually dominate our mind. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen maybe an actor or an actress on, on a news show, or maybe you've met them in real life and you didn't call them by their real name, you called them by the name, or you thought of them as the character in the movie because that's who you identify them with. And they're not actually those people. You do know that, right? These are actors and actresses. These are not really uh, the, the people, but sometimes they take us to a place where we want to be like them, we want to dress like them, we want to look like them, we want to sound like them. And, and sometimes you'll have groups of people who will meet you at your car door in the movie theater dressed like these characters to enhance your experience from point A to point Z, um, like this. But they are not real. The characters and the people in these movies, they are not real. They are fictional. They are fictional. And so when we're looking at warriors, we're going to be talking about warriors today. When we're looking at superheroes, let's say, you know, there are certainly some attributes in the creative uh, realm uh, that we can assign to these fictional characters that we can identify with and desire and want. But it's important to us to realize that the planet we're living on is a real planet and we are real people on that planet, right? How many know who this is? Here's your DC Connect. Uh, this, is, this is Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves plays Superman until 1995 when he was paralyzed from the neck down because of a horse accident. And I would have to argue that Christopher Reeves, the person, not Superman, is far more a warrior after 95. He was far more a warrior after 95 than in the movies as a character. People are real. People are real. And sometimes in life, when we're not evaluating from a, uh, the reality with which we live, we can assign certain controls of our emotions and feelings toward people that are harmful and not good. If you don't believe me, let somebody famous walk in our doors. And all of a sudden we go bonkers, we go nuts, right? Because we've attached some type of uh, emotion and feeling to, to tied it to a person and we've elevated them, right? Everybody, anybody ever seen anybody put on a pedestal before? Put anybody on a pedestal before? And so we, we have a tendency to, to, to elevate people. Today, we're gonna talk about warriors. And uh, we're going to talk about, because there's some warriors sitting in our house right now, sitting right here before us, there's some warriors. Uh, but we're not just going to talk about those warriors. We're actually going to talk today about the greatest warrior. Spoiler alert. It's Jesus. Jesus is the greatest warrior who ever walked this planet. Jesus is the greatest warrior whoever walked this planet. And I appreciate that you applauded for that, but what you doing about it? You see, we have this mentality where we'll be okay with sitting down with a bucket of popcorn and watching things, amening things, applauding things. But yet when we get out of the seat, we leave it right there and we move on. Jesus was the greatest warrior, is the greatest warrior that ever walked the earth. Here are some other warriors. Here are some other warriors that we may attach ourselves to. Some might be firemen. 
who help us out of devastating situations. Maybe policemen and women who are helping keep us safe. Maybe doctors would be assigned under the umbrella of a warrior because they're helping to keep us well. Teachers, I think teachers are warriors. Dealing with kids and, and helping them to learn and prepare them for the, for the future. First responders, keeping us safe. All of these individuals, our armed, our military services work for our freedom, sacrificing for our freedom. All of these are warriors. They are absolutely warriors. But if we're absolutely honest with regard to our connection to these people, most of the time, most of our connections are limited to a very, a moment or maybe a brief season with these people. And in more cases than not, there's not real, a whole lot of real relational connection. I've been involved in a fire before. I don't remember the person's name. I was so thankful they were there. I don't remember the person's name. I know that they don't probably remember my name. I don't, you know, but I was thankful that they took care of the problem. That was a warrior that I needed in that moment. So there were warriors in, in our lives and we, and we look at them as warriors, but in terms of influencing or changing or impacting our day-to-day walk forever, as long as we are from birth to, to end, these are momentary things that happen in our life, people that are, that are there affecting us. So these are warriors, but maybe just seasonal or momentary for us. Here are some other warriors that we have. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. If you are a mother here this morning, would you stand up and let us honor you this morning? Come on, stand up. Yeah. Hey guys, truly, we have some of the best moms in this house. We have some of the best moms in in this house. Would you not consider moms warriors? Would you not consider moms warriors? I'm telling you something right now. I consider myself pretty capable and able to do a lot of things. I cannot do what Sherry does. I cannot do what Sherry does 24-7, whatever that is, okay? I can't do what Sherry does. She is phenomenal at that. A mother's love, I think, remains to be one of those unsolved mysteries of the world, okay? The heart of a mother for their children, for their child, the way that they love them and care for them and the way that they pray over them and the way that they think about them and and all that. There's just a special thing. There's a special force, a special superpower that mothers have in in that regard. But even in these situations with these interactions and this relationship with our moms, even in that, even with the depth and the love and the care and all that, these relationships are also seasonal. Because as time goes forward, kids grow up and they move out of the house and they move on with life. This doesn't mean that a mom's heart changes toward their kids, that the care doesn't, it doesn't say, and sometimes mom's hearts and cares grow that they're not there right underneath their wings, right? But the relationship changes. The dynamics change. And so the influence and the connection over our real life from birth to death, there's a season, a longer season, a more closely connected season than the other warriors we just talked about. 
but still just a season. Just a season in that. This is what Genesis 2.24 says. That's why a man leaves his mother and father and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Scripture even tells us that there's gonna come a point when there's a separation in, in a family in that way. So whether we're looking at superheroes, whether we're looking at first responders, whether we're looking at mothers, all of these are warriors of some type. And, and these warriors could be assigned these different attributes. These different descriptive words would fit to any one of those genre of people. Strong, honorable, valiant, courageous, skillful, fearless, resourceful, wise, tough, fierce, all of those things would be assigned and, and are words that describe a warrior. But these are also words that would describe Jesus. There are also words that would describe Jesus. I don't know if you've, if you've read anything about Jesus or heard anything about Jesus. I don't think it's a far stretch that you would put him under the umbrella of a warrior. I don't think that, that that's a far stretch for people. But what we want to kind of explore today and unpackage is that Jesus is not just a warrior. He's the greatest warrior. And so we're going to look at that today as we, um, as we kind of compare and contrast the warriors in our life with, with, uh, with Jesus. The first place that I want to go here, and we're going to look at four ways. I think there are a lot more, okay? But we're going to look at four specific things that are differences that would help us elevate Jesus into understanding that he is a greater warrior and has more influence, more connection over our life than these other warriors in our life. First of all, the things that the warriors that are walking with us today and that we identify with today, man, the things that they're able to influence are very temporal. They're very temporal. And uh, your life is temporal. Your life is, is temporary. Do you know that? Your life here on earth is, is temporary. Even superheroes who seem to live forever and ever and ever and ever, when they are saving the world, they are only saving the moments of those people's lives. Eventually, those people are going to pass away and there will be a new group of people for them to save. There is a temporal connection in the warriors that are on, 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 on this side. Jesus is eternal. The things that he does... Are, they're, they're eternal. So let, let's, let's look at this. Some of you have seen this, um, maybe this example before. Um, let's imagine that this rope right here is the essence of you, okay? This is you, all right? Okay? And uh, I, you know, I tend to, I believe that God kind of had you in mind from the beginning of time, right? And so, and so this is the essence of, of you, but this is your life from birth to death. This red portion is your life from birth to death. Interestingly enough, the choices and decisions that you make in this part have everything to do with what's going to happen on the rest of this. The warriors in your life, the people that you hold in high regard, the people that you seek after, the people that, that maybe you, you want to, you gravitate toward the attributes that they have, or you maybe even order your life, or maybe you're fantasizing that you wish that you had something they have. Whatever it is, they are only going to affect things that happen in this. Jesus is going to affect this in all of this. That's a great warrior. There's power there. Nobody else can affect anything but this. He's eternal. 
It's eternal. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some of you fought battles two, three years ago and you're victorious, but you're walking through something else right now and you haven't been victorious and you're wondering where he is. Jesus is the same then as he is now. And he will be the same tomorrow. He's not going to change. Your circumstances and situations, they change. Life happens and things change, but the same God that delivered you once will do it again and again and again and again. He may choose to do it a different way. He may ask you to pick up a different weapon. He may lead you in a different, in a different way of, of, of doing things. It might not be the same as it was last time, but he is the same. This is what he, Jesus, promised us, eternal life. No matter who the warriors you identify in your life are, they cannot give you the promise of eternal life. Only Jesus, only Jesus can give you the promise of eternal life. So let's look at the next thing. The next thing is all of the people that you would identify as warriors in our life, flesh and blood, struggle with weakness and flaws. Even Superman had kryptonite. There's a weakness, there's a flaw, there's a, I, I'm guilty. There are people in my life, there are warriors in my life. Some are sitting in this room that I, at one point in my life, elevated them so high. I'm not gonna tell you a story, but I really remember a story about somebody I elevated high and they said something and I was just shattered because I was like, that person could say something like that. We are broken people. We are broken people. And sometimes we put a standard on people that's not fair. And when we put that standard on them and they don't meet that expectation, then it shatters something in us because we were looking at the wrong warrior. We need to look at the greatest warrior who is perfect in every single way. The only person to walk this earth without a flaw, without sin, being able to navigate through, through this life, walking the same, in the same types of shoes we did was Jesus. No one is righteous. No, not one. If somebody comes up to you and says, I am perfect. Ladies, if a guy comes up to you and says, I am perfect, not true. Okay? okay. No one's perfect. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short. The trick of the enemy is to isolate you and feel like you are the only one. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. He, Jesus, committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Oh, that we would become like Jesus in this regard. God made himself, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Only Jesus could do this. No other superhero, no other warrior could do this. What's next? Sacrifice. Controlled sacrifice. There are heroes, there are warriors in your life who are making sacrifices. There are people out there fighting for our freedom who are giving their lives for us to have that freedom. But in almost every situation, Sacrifice is calculated and controlled. What is it going to mean for me to make this sacrifice? Who am I making this sacrifice for? And in most, in all, in most cases, when somebody decides to make the sacrifice, they're making it for a group of people. 
And the ripples may go out and it may have touched and it may affect others for sure. But the sacrifice typically is controlled. You know, I probably, I'm pretty positive I would die for my kids. I'm not so sure I'll die for yours. Fair? Okay. Controlled sacrifice. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus, who promises us a life of eternity, speaks to our, our lives now and speaks into eternity, walks a perfect, blameless life amongst people who ridicule him, put him down, uh, completely massacre him, want to murder him, hate him, right? And then dies for him for them out of obedience to his father, not so that he can get anything out of it. You know why I did it? Because he wanted you to have a relationship with his dad. Everything, everything he did was selfless. Every action, everything he, everywhere he walked, all selfless. No matter what you, what, you mean that Jesus died for the person down the street who's an atheist who doesn't believe, yeah, he died for that person. You mean, do you mean he died for the person who's worshiping the devil proactively right now? Yeah, he died for that person too. He there was no exception. There was nothing that you could have done or anybody could have, do could have done that would have stopped him for dying. It was for everyone. It was the ultimate sacrifice. There is no warrior that you can identify that has the power to do that. He, Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but the sins of the whole entire world. Generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. After generation. After generation. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. For many. And finally, you know, there are gifts that we can give people. And the majority of the gifts that we give are material gifts. My, my girls were in a ballet yesterday. Our house has so many flowers. Between my mom, my, my, their aunts, uh, we got them. I mean, just fly, and then it's Mother's Day, you know. And I hope that some of you have flowers. Those flowers, enjoy them. They're going to die. Happy Mother's Day. No. <laughs> The gifts that we're given in this lifetime are so temporal. They're so, they're so, I don't, they're, they, they mean something for the moment they're supposed to mean something. But then they, they go away. The material gifts that we have are going to pass away. There's no big TV that's big enough to equate. There's no car. There's no amount of money that will equate to the gift that this ultimate greatest warrior gave us which was the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised us that he would not leave us and abandon us and leave us alone. We do not have physical Jesus standing here. But guys, this, and this is what I want us to zero in on today. This is the takeaway from today. If you forgot everything else, this is where I want you to wake up and pay attention, okay? This is what I felt like the Lord wanted to say. This greatest warrior left us with an incredible gift. And it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power. He speaks to us. He leads us. When you're sitting there in the midst of your battle and you are wondering, what am I supposed to do? The person of the Holy Spirit shows up and says, hey, 
This is the weapon. This is the route. Here's your victory. And he'll do it every time. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? The Holy Spirit wants to be active in your life. This is what Jesus says. If you love me, Jesus, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, not the spirit of lies, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you and will, he lives with you and will be in you. Further down in the chapter, it says this, all this I, Jesus, have spoken while I was still with you physically. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace, 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 I leave with you. Man, when the greatest warrior says, peace, I give to you, my peace, I give you. He says this, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Guys, in your day of battle, you do not have to be troubled. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to be afraid. This is an old, they had wristbands. Remember that? I don't know. Is that early 2000s, something like that? You know, I don't remember when that was. And it kind of became like a fad and and then kind of went away. Guys, this is a very important question to ask. Because of this greatest warrior, he modeled everything that we've been talking about over these last several months. He modeled it for us. What you have been given, you know that there's going to be a battle. You know you're in a battle. Jesus said there's going to be trouble, right? You're in a battle. The minute I say that, many of you can say, yeah, I'm in a battle right now. So you know that's going to be there. We've listed, and there's more, but we've listed tools over the last few months of weapons that you can use in these battles. Jesus, the greatest warrior, models how you use these weapons in battles all throughout scripture. You just read it over and over and over and over again. And then he physically leaves to fill out, complete what he said he was going to do. And he leaves us with the Holy Spirit to empower us and guide us on how to use the weapons. My question to you today is what are you doing? As the battle unfolds in front of you, you have been totally equipped to handle anything that comes your way. What are you doing about it? The greatest victory that ever happened, happened on the cross, and it was owned by the greatest warrior who ever walked the earth. Are you going to sit there like you're at a movie and watch victory after victory happen and wish that that was your life? Or are you going to stand up and use the weapons that you've been given and experience the victories every day? You can be a part of the adventure. You need to be a part of the adventure. You have been equipped. The greatest warrior has equipped you. And you will be victorious if you'll just listen and you'll act. 